Uh, my wife sends her greetings. Uh, she's been in Kentucky for the last uh, 10 days and, and uh, managed to catch cold back there. That happens back there when you're used to good weather and you get back in that slop. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, uh, I wanted today to, to uh, emphasize my Arizona heritage. As you know, I'm an, a third-generation Arizonan. Brother O'Neill's third generation Arizona. I don't know how many generations you you are. What four or five? My wife. Yeah. What's that? But, no. Uh, but but uh, so I wore my I wore my string tie. Okay. And 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 uh, I thought that would be very very positively Arizona today. All right. I got here, and Brother Allen wears a copper coat and shirt. I lose. You, you, you got me. That, I, I'm telling you. It is a delight uh, to be here. I, I do I would like, just very briefly, to ask your prayer. I will be uh, having uh, surgery uh, tomorrow. It's not a serious surgery. It's minor surgery if it's on somebody else, okay? And uh, and uh, but this is not supposed to be a big deal. But but uh, but it will be uh, going. Uh, it's supposed to enhance my quality of life for a situation that's been going on for some time. And uh, so so um, uh, we will be will be uh, doing that. And uh, and looking. <laughs> Looking forward to that quality of life they're promising uh, after after it's over. The um, as I as I've said the last couple of times that I was here, as a young man, uh, when when I first when the Lord first got a hold of my heart in, in August of 1968, it was the book of Second Timothy that that God greatly used in my life, uh, and and uh, and uh, this was the book that that uh, that God just just really, really uh, dealt with me because it was written from, from, an, from an old man to a young man. And I took that very, very importantly. Now I'm an old man, and I, I just am, am, have a desire to want to teach uh, what I've learned in the last 50-some-odd years uh, from Second Timothy. And so today we're, we're, going to, we're going to do that. The title of our message today is, is Patterns and uh, uh, patterns and, and deposits, and, and our emphasis is on verses 13 and 14 of chapter 1. Uh, Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit which dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. We think in patterns. People just, we just do that. And, and there's a lot about that that's, that's good. Um, if we have patterns of thinking, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. We don't have to reason through all kinds of things. We already know certain things are true, so therefore we can, we can build on what we already know. And, and, and that's a very positive thing. Many years ago, I, I took a couple of math classes in high school. I actually passed one of them. Um, 
But one of the things that I learned about math was that math um, uh, was constantly about, okay, you, 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 you have a problem, you, you, you resolve that problem, and now you have a formula to work on on the next problem. And so then you have another problem, and you use that formula to start with, and then you resolve that, and now you have another formula. And, and the whole issue of, of, of math is nothing more than just building one formula upon another, upon another, upon another, upon another. And, and people who learn math simply learn a whole bunch of formulas. I never could remember enough to, to do all that. But, but it, it, is, it, it is an amazing thing to me how people... I had a roommate in college that, that worked... Uh, uh, in the uh, in the space industry for for many years, and uh, and and he learned after he his couple of years in Bible college, he went on and got some some advanced degrees in, in math, and and uh, his understandings are, are are infinitely beyond what I understand concerning math, and and uh, but 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 it's formulas, and and we live in a in a in a world of formulas. Uh, I, I like history, okay? I like to point out the fact that um, the English Civil War was fought over a formula, okay? Uh, the English Civil War was fought over the formula of two words. The, the two words were the Latin words lex and rex. And the, and, the, and the order of those two words uh, is the proper ordered uh, rex, lex, or is the proper order lex, rex? In other words, is the king the law or is the law the king? And uh, King Charles I said, whatever I say goes, he believed in the divine right of kings, but he, he believed that when he said something, he was the voice of God, uh, in, in all civil matters, and and the Puritans, uh, militarily led by Oliver Cromwell, says we don't think so, and uh, a civil war ensued, one that that uh, nobody gave the 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 Lex Rex people any chance of winning, but they did, and uh, and that had a tremendous bearing on on our on our nation. Some things that you may or may not know today. We all know that the, the, the Puritans that, that came under persecution before the English Civil War came to where? They came to America, but where in America? New England, New England Massachusetts, Connecticut, and so forth. Am I correct? Do we understand after the English Civil War, the, when the, when the uh, people who uh, were loyal to the king where they went to? No. Virginia. That's exactly correct. Today, the University of Virginia's mascot is what? The Cavaliers. Okay? And that's from the English Civil War. Okay? But I, I, bring, I say that to you because it was a formula. Okay? People, their entire thinking was based upon a formula. All right? Lex Rex, Lex Rex. I never can. I can't ever remember which one I said first last. But anyway, the, the American Revolution was was fought 
basically were the same thing. The, uh, the uh, American Revolution was fought over the, over the issue, who's going to pay for the French and Indian War? And uh, the, uh, the uh, parliament said, we, we, we want the colonies to pay for the French and Indian War. The law said that all subject to the crown pay equally for any defense of the crown. And after 10 years of haggling over that, we went to war and the United States was born based upon the formula of Rex, Lex, Lex, Rex, okay? And, and, I, and I say that because, because we, we do that. Our world is full of certain formulas. We have conservatives or liberals, okay? If you're a conservative, you, you think this way. If you're a liberal, you think this way. If, you are, if you're a Republican, you think this way. If you're a Democrat, you think this way. If you're woke, you think this way. If, you, if you're a traditionalist, you think this way. You know, if you're a Cub fan, you think... I'm, I'm sorry. But, but the point that I'm simply trying to make, and, and I, I, I'm taking a, a moment here tonight, uh, this morning, to, to establish the foundation is that we think in terms of formulas and patterns. And, and uh, I'm going to suggest to you as we begin a, a couple of things. That the pattern of thinking of the natural man is absolutely at war with God. Okay? Everything about... The reason that we that everything winds up being at war with God is because it starts out being at war with God. We, 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 we start out in the wrong place, we end up in the wrong place. I'm also going to say this, that when a person becomes a child of God, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul spoke of renewing your minds. What was he saying? I'm going to suggest that he was saying that we have to Reset the formulas by which we think. Reset the formulas by which we, by, by which we do life. And so our text, uh, verse 13 says, uh, Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Remember, the Apostle Paul is getting ready to hand the baton of the gospel to Timothy. Paul is just days, perhaps even less than that, from his, from his death. He's going on. He's, he's, moving, he's going to, to be going to be with the Lord. He's anticipated that for a long time. But he has continued to minister. But his days are numbered. He knows that. And he's ready to go. Timothy, here it is. You're, you got it now, and you're going to have to figure out. But, and, and he says, follow after the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me. Now, that's an interesting statement because there's a lot said there, okay? How do I know everything that Paul told Timothy, Okay. I'd like to know everything that Paul told Timothy, wouldn't you? Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as, as I stand before you here today, I'm going to offer a suggestion. 
that we may have an awful lot of what Paul told Timothy. Because if you'll turn back to the book of Philippians, chapter 2 this, this morning, we're going to look into a book that begins with the word Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ. Paul was in prison, if I understand things correctly, when he wrote the book of Philippians. And, and, and somehow Timothy uh, co-wrote, I, I, and I don't under, I, I'm not sure, perhaps uh, Paul would talk to Timothy uh, in the daytime and Timothy would go home and write down what Paul had said. I, I don't know, but, but we, we have Paul and Timothy writing a book to the Philippians. And in at least three different passages of Philippians, we have patterns of thinking that I believe will be life-changing for us today as we look at them. First of all, we want to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Here we read these words. So if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only uh, to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by... uh, uh, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I'm going to suggest that perhaps the first pattern as we, that we as believers need to develop in our lives is a pattern of selflessness. My real section on Facebook has been inundated since uh, LeBron James set the all-time scoring record recently with arguments as to who's the greatest player of all time. Like I care. Uh, but uh, it, it's been interesting to, to watch the different arguments, and some people say Jordan. And some people say uh, Kobe and, and uh, the guys that were around when I was young that, that ha- have to be in those discussions are not there. You know, there's no Dr. J. There's no, there's no uh, uh, Jerry West. You know, there's no Wilt Chamberlain and those things. But, but the, one, the one that it was, it was funny to me they, they, a lot of it has been about Larry Bird. But there's been one thing about Bird that they never have mentioned. I keep waiting for it to come out, but it never does. One year, uh, Larry Bird and his Celtics were playing the Lakers, 
in the finals, and Burgess went off and had a great game, and, and the, the, the Celtics won, and they went up three games to one. They, they, had, it, they had the whole uh, championship wrapped up. And they were interviewing Larry Bird in the locker room, and, and, and Larry Bird says, uh, to tell him what a great game he had, and, and he, he kind of kicked back, and I, and I watched this when it happened. And he said, yeah, he said, uh, when I'm on my game, I don't think Jesus Christ could stop me. <laughs> they lost that series. And Bird never won another championship. Amen. I say that not as a major issue of our, of our message here this morning, but I say that from the standpoint, it's easy for us to look at these people who have a highly inflated view of their importance because they can throw a ball through, a, through an iron hoop. And we can, we can be very critical, but I'm going to suggest to you that the issue of arrogance, pride, is just as much of a problem with us as it is anybody in the NBA. We don't manifest it in the same ways, but I'm going to suggest to you this morning that as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, the first pattern that we need to develop and work on is the issue of I am nothing. I am nothing. The second passage in Philippians that I want us to read today is Hebrew, uh, Hebrews, Ephesians. What, what, what book am I in? There you go. Okay. <laughs> Philippians 3, 1 through 11. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, the second pattern we need to, to grasp this morning is who Christ is. And I want to be like Christ. Oh, what a passage this is. Paul, writing under inspiration of God, 
looks at all the things that used to be important to him, all the things that used to be so vital to him, and he realizes that it doesn't count for anything. One of the things that happens to you when you get to be my age is you, you find that there, there are things that used to be important that are no longer important anymore. Now, some of them are unimportant because we couldn't do them anyway, so they might as well be unimportant. <laughs> but some of them are unimportant because they are an impediment to what I'm supposed to be doing, to what I'm supposed to be becoming, to know Christ. In May, my wife and I will celebrate our 48th wedding anniversary. We will, uh, 48 years ago, um, almost 48 years ago, we walked out of the First Baptist Church of Galatia, Illinois with a couple of new rings, and that's about all we owned. And we had no idea, absolutely no idea, the adventure we were about to go on. But we sat down one day and said made this vow to each other we're going to enjoy all of the seasons of life together when my wife's raven black hair began to have little streaks of another color in it she was traumatized and she she went to see her sister. <laughs> her sister talked her into dyeing her hair. I came home and you would not believe what I came home to. And me being the gentle, kind, <laughs> compassionate person who always thinks out Everything he says and makes sure that he weighs every word as to his impact. Looked at her and said, what'd you do? And I crushed her. And for the next two days, all she did was shampoo her hair. Literally. Over and over, bawling and crying. And I finally sat down with her and I said, we promised to enjoy all of the seasons of life together. I said, your raven black hair, that season is gone. You see my wife, her gray hair is beautiful. Now we are entering the twilight years of our lives and again I remind my wife from time to time that we got married for all the seasons and she says yeah but I didn't realize they go so fast <laughs> but in the 47 plus years that we've been married one of the things that, that has, has uh, been a constant we thought we knew each other, 
and we thought we loved each other, and we got married. And boy, that wasn't true, okay? Every day we find out. When I was going to Bible college in, in Phoenix years ago, uh, the head of the Bible department at the college I was going to had just lost his wife of, I think, over 50 years. And uh, he used to come over in the afternoons and take a nap in the apartment next door to, to ours. And when he got up, uh, we were welcome to go over and, and just sit down. And it was open court with Dr. Tom. We could, we could, we could ask him anything. And, he, we, and, and one of the guys one day asked him, they said, uh, Dr. Thomas, do you, uh, how long did it take you to adjust to living with your wife? He laughed and he said, I had to adjust as much on the day that she died as the day we got married. I say that because I don't think there is a, any place in the world we can get a better picture of what it means to know Christ than marriage. Because when we get saved, Christ is wonderful. But my father used to play his mandolin. I used to play the guitar with him. A song entitled "Sweeter as the Days Sweeter as the Days Go By," "Richer, Fuller, Deeper." Jesus' love is sweeter, sweeter as the years go by. And I'm going to suggest to you that, that the second thing is getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ more and more every day, just as we get to know our spouses. The third thing in Philippians is found in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, where Paul wrote, and Timothy, we don't know exactly how, how that worked, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. It is, it is often been done, I've done it myself, to go through these verses and preach entire sermons on each of these words. Whatsoever thing is true, whatsoever thing is honorable, whatsoever thing is just, whatsoever thing is pure, whatever is lovely, what is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. There's no way we can do any justice to this passage of Scripture other than to say that I would suggest that here is a formula, a pattern by which our thinking ought to be measured in such a way that this is how things work out. I'll say it this way. If we were to make this the formula for our thinking, a lot of things would come out a whole lot better at the other end. All right? Here is a proper formula. So Paul, with Timothy, had written to the Philippians, and he had, he had said, here, here are some patterns for our thinking. And so when he writes to Timothy at the, beginning, at the, at the end of his life, he, he says to him, uh, 
follow the pattern of sound words. And I think much of what he is referencing there is what we find in the book of Philippians. But then in, in the next verse, in, in the, uh, by the Holy Spirit which dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard the good de- uh, deposit that is entrusted to you. There's a meme been floating around uh, on uh, a clip uh, on Facebook of Alistair Begg. If, if you've not seen it, you ought to. It, it, it's uh, Google in uh, Alistair Begg on the, th- the Thief on the Cross on YouTube. Have you seen that? Uh, where, where he talks about, uh, you know, he'd like to, he, he looks forward to someday seeing the, the, the Thief on the Cross and, and you know, how did, it, how did it work out for you? And, uh, you know, he goes to heaven and, you know, why should we let you in? And, and, uh, and all I know is the guy on the middle of the cross told me I can come. <laughs> it's a wonderful truth. And it's, and it's a wonderful, it's, it's, all I need to know to get to heaven is that I am a horrible sinner. And Christ is a wonderful Savior. Amen. That's all I need to know, all right? (laughs) But I want to tell you something. If I limit myself, okay, I'm a horrible sinner, Christ is a wonderful Savior, got that taken care of, here we go. Assuming that, that, that I really, God really does something in my life at that point. What am I going to miss out on? Here, the, the, Paul tells Timothy, guard the deposit. That which God gives us, the knowledge that God gives us, that saves us, is the deposit. It's the earnest money, okay? It's that which gets us started. Coming back to marriage. What would have happened if I'd have said, okay, all it takes to, to, uh, to be married is to stand before the preacher and say, I do. And uh, so we stand and we say, I do. Uh, we, we walk out. They throw rice at us. Photographer takes the pictures. We have a couple pieces of cake. And we all take off. And I, and I say, okay, honey, boy, that was great. I surely enjoyed that. Uh, I'm going to go uh, play basketball tonight, and uh, we're going, you know, with the boys, uh, we're, we're going to go out and do some stuff, and, and I hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, maybe you can go to your mother's house, whatever, and uh, now our mother would appreciate that, but uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't say that. What, 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 kind of a, what kind of an idiot would I have been? Saying I do was the deposit. Do, do you understand? That was, the, that was the beginning. That wasn't the end. My salvation is not a fire insurance policy that I put in the back of the closet and someday when I die, they dig it out and they find it. Oh, I just got rich. You know. No. The, the, uh, when, when I die, or excuse me, when I get saved, that's the beginning. And the, my whole life 
is, is one of service to the Lord. And so in our, in our text today, what we have seen, I hope, is Paul saying to Timothy, there, there are patterns by which you, which you live. And, it, and, 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 and the whole issue is not, okay, you're saved, and that's, you know, that, that's good enough. The, 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 the whole issue is learn to think God's way and get everything you can. Be humble. Know Christ. And then, and then, and then let, watch God change everything in your life. And I hope this, this um, will be helpful for you today. I hope that we can, we can understand just the simplicity of the issue of patterns and how pattern thinking is so vitally important. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're thankful for your blessings. We thank you for the opportunity of this day.